I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. As you've heard here on WBEZ, the October 7th Hamas attack on Israel killed 1,400 people, many of them civilians. It also sent shockwaves through Jewish communities across the Chicago area. Now, on Friday, we caught up with two religious leaders about what it's been like leading their congregations through this time. Rabbi Rachel Marks is from Temple Beth Israel. That's a reform congregation in Skokie. And Rabbi David Young of KAM Isaiah Israel, a reform congregation in Hyde Park. And we started by asking Rabbi Young to take us back to the days immediately after the Hamas attack to how his congregants responded and what they needed in that moment. At first, they needed to be held through the shock. We have quite a few Israeli families at KAM Isaiah Israel, and they needed to ask questions, some of which we still have no answers to. And they needed to be heard as as they cried out, as they complained, as they were angry. And uh, it's our responsibility as clergy to hold them when when they are in need of that kind of care. I mean, in a moment like that, what steps do you take to help? We started by having active listening campaigns right away. We invited the whole congregation to just gather and ask whatever they needed to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first Friday night after, we we held a, a meeting after services where we just allowed people to talk. And the following morning, we had a little bit of a more formal program where we spoke to them a little bit and then allowed them to talk. Rabbi Marks, I want you to take us back to October 7th and what, what things were like for you and your congregants. I would add that across my community, it felt like this these old wounds of generational trauma had just been ripped open and i think that they were wounds that we felt like collectively we that they had been scabbed over and we could kind of forget about and that that was a chapter of our people's past um and to 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 learn slowly at first and then it became clear that this wasn't just like a small attack or a happenstance kind of thing but really was a massacre and a slaughtering of civilians. Um, it, it, it's just, it sort of leaves you speechless. And so I think that there was a grieving process and there continues to be a grieving process that that is happening. Um, but we don't really as a people just have the, lux- have the luxury to just be grieving. Um, action needed to be needed to be taken to prevent this kind of atrocity from from happening again. Yeah. There's another dimension to this that's really different than um, anything that at least I've seen in my lifetime. So, you know, when something of this magnitude affects a community, people deal with um, emotions that they don't come up every day, right? As you mentioned, their grief, sadness, anger, fear. Right. Uh, a lot of Jews and Muslims in our area, they're fearing for their safety right now. Absolutely. So, Rabbi Marks, what, do, what is your message then to, to congregants who are, are grappling with those feelings? You know, it's difficult because I think that the feelings are real, and I don't want to minimize the feelings. Um, so it's difficult, and I would say that we're all going through this together, and we are um, 
coming together as a community and as a people. And, um, you know, of course, we'll make it through to the other side. But it is a really dark time right now. Rabbi Young, what has the impact of this attack been on you personally? Thank you for asking that. And I've really been pushing it down a lot. I've spent time in Israel. I have family in Israel. Both Rabbi Marks and I lived in Israel for a year as part of the program to become Reform Rabbis. Mm-hmm. And it is my heart. You know, they they say that uh, they say that there's only the only way to go to Jerusalem is by going up, which is both a physical phenomenon because it's on a hill, and a spiritual phenomenon. Um, and and that the first time you go to Jerusalem, it's like you've gone home. And every time after, you you go to a brand new place. And I feel that way not just about Jerusalem, but about all of Israel. And I think the I think about the people of Israel, and I think about how um, how they will argue with you until an inch of their patience, and then give you a hug as as soon as the the argument is finished. And I I think about you know driving through the areas leading towards the green line where that which separates Israel proper from the West Bank and you just see people sitting on park benches or bus stops just mm-hmm. trying to live their lives and be normal people and it doesn't matter whether they're a Jewish Israeli or a Palestinian Israeli they they are just trying to live a peaceful life and my heart cries out for all of those people and I, I also want to make sure that people understand that Hamas and Palestinians are not the same thing. That Hamas is a terrorist organization. Palestinians are people who want to live peacefully in the land. And the same thing is true about Palestinians as victims of Hamas as much as as Jewish Israelis. What about you, Rabbi Marx? How are you feeling about all of this personally? How are you dealing? It's difficult, um, and it's heartbreaking, sort of the reverberations then of the anti-Semitism that's being felt in our community, whether it's in the schools, whether it's vandalism of property, whether it's in individuals' workplaces or among friends. Um, it just sort of piles on to that pain, and I think that there's a sense of loneliness right now. So as rabbis, right, your organizational leaders and your spiritual leaders... You're talking to people, I would imagine, one-on-one, as well as in groups, but you're also leading many hundreds of people, or more. How do you approach the current situation when speaking to your entire congregation, Rabbi Young? Carefully. <laughs> There's no other way to do it. And and when, when speaking one-on-one, you meet the person where they are because it's not about my needs as a person, it's about their needs as with me as their rabbi. And, and when I'm speaking to a group, I try to speak down the center. And that's one of the trickiest pieces because we have to come from a place of Jewish values, values like every human being is created in the image of God values like the hope for peace in Israel and all throughout the world, values like the understanding that we must protect ourselves and each other, and that we have the obligation to not stand idly by while our neighbor bleeds. And 
so to balance all of these while speaking to a large group of people mm -hmm. is is a big challenge and to to try to you know this is this is also what it's like being a jewish person of any variety in the in the modern world you you have to you have to straddle the moments where you are you are on one side or the other so you know when we think of um how the conflict abroad is affecting life in our area. It's important to note that we have, we've seen a rising number of both anti-Semitic as well as Islamophobic attacks uh, and threats here, right, as well as across the country. How are you confronting or talking about that rise in your congregations? You first, Rabbi Marks. Yeah, in terms of the rise of anti-Semitism, it's confronting it one person, one situation at a time. And it's also being here to hold space for for the community. The other piece of it is it's about building bridges and continuing to maintain the bridges that have already been built across communities, across faith communities and faith traditions, and across um, across those differences where where the values are the same, um, and maintaining those values and maintaining those those friendships, and reaching out and saying, look, we're we're really hurting right now. Rabbi Marks, I understand you woke up recently to some concerning messages in a group chat. What happened? So um, I woke up to a group chat among um, moms in my neighborhood, some Jewish moms, and a number of um, pro-Israel signs had been not only stolen overnight, but had been cut up into pieces and had been um, sort of spe sort of strewn over, over uh, lawns in our neighborhood, which is obviously upsetting and it's even more upsetting to have to explain to our children what's happened and um and why yeah you mentioned talking to children about the current situation and about anti-semitism how have you approached that about a week after october 7th we had a processing session with our teens and normally when uh, when you sit with a group of teens their phones are out it's hard to get their attention you have to do maybe a little bit of a song and dance and on this day there was there were no phones out and I would say about half there were about 30 kids there about half of them had were fighting back tears even as they were sitting down and from my perspective you could see just the shattering of innocence um, that was occurring with this realization that there are that there are people who hate them just because they're Jewish. Last week, a Cornell University student threatened to shoot up the university's Center for Jewish Living. I know a lot of your congregants, Rabbi Young, are academics working at the University of Chicago. So I mean, what went through your mind when you heard of this threat? Anger, fear, concern for not only my congregants who work in academia, but people I know all, all over the country who are academics or who are in congregations where there's a, a public face to them and 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 an exposure that that comes naturally with the job who put put themselves at risk just mm. by being Jewish beyond overt examples of anti-semitism some Jews have said they've been surprised at how little concern their workplaces or their friends or their acquaintances have, have shown for, for Jewish Americans in the wake of the Hamas attack, uh, which, as we know, it took the lives of 1,400 people, most of them civilians, as we've, we've talked about. Have you heard about that? It is certainly happening, and, and there's also a fear 
of retaliation, right? A fear that many people are feeling of like, I I can't speak up and say um, how this is impacting me. Recently, one of the hostages from our area, Natalie Renan, uh, 18-year-old from Evanston, returned home. With her mother. With her her mother was also released, that's right. Um, Well, the mother remains in Israel. It's the the most recent update I heard. Okay. Uh, they were both released, but she's the only one. The daughter's the only one that's back in the Chicago area. Uh, what's the response been uh, within your congregation of of even that news that she's home? Relief, Natalie. Oh. Yeah, it, it's it's important to celebrate every victory. Every human life is worth the entire world, and and it is it it is important to celebrate those victories. I believe four hostages have been released in total. Um, yeah. And, That's what and, I'm seeing as well. And and I think it, it is important to celebrate each and every one of those as we fight for the, the other remaining. Now, it is relief and it's gratitude and also a keen awareness that there are so many more still there. Mm-hmm. Now, as of the time that we're recording this conversation on Friday, the Gazan Health Ministry says 9,200 Palestinians have been killed in Gaza. A large percentage of those casualties were children. Given the realities of, of, of the war, news organizations like the New York Times, they're not able to independently confirm that figure, right? I'm curious what you're hearing from your community about the loss of civilian lives in Gaza. Oh, that, I, there is just heartbreak over it. There is, there is not anyone that I've spoken to from my congregation who celebrates that. There is not anybody who is happy about it. It is, it's terrible. What about you, Rabbi Young? Exactly the same. Um, we we cry for every human loss of life, just as much as we celebrate the freeing of the captives. And and we would love it if this if there were no loss of life at all. If a dispute could be solved amicably and peacefully. And when you're dealing with a terrorist organization, it just can't be done that way. We know there's a wide range of perspectives within Jewish communities about the response that Israel should take to this Hamas attack. And these conversations are hard. They're difficult. They can be tense, especially when people disagree. How do you, how do you navigate that, Rabbi Marks? Yeah, you know, I think, I think for context, actually, most often, it is difficult to find anything about which... Jewish people agree. There's sort of an old joke that there are two Jews and there are three opinions. And ours is a tradition that's rich in debate and um, sort of a culture of getting to the truth through kind of looking at any kind of argument from any which angle. Um, I will say that this moment feels different. And where there is normally a great deal of debate, there's, there's less debate about the necessity, not for retaliation, but the necessity to ensure that Hamas is not able to inflict this kind of damage or pain again. Um, and it's actually been astounding to me. I don't. I, I really, certainly not in my professional life, and even even before that in my youth, I can't remember a time when there was so much consensus actually in the Jewish community. How are you handling? those conversations because uh, I know there are folks within the Jewish community who don't agree about the response. 
I, I keep seeing on social media and on the news the the most extreme points of view. Uh, recently, in the Times of Israel, there was an article about how Reformed Jews are feel a certain way, and and no no type of Jew is a monolith. No, there's there's no one feeling that Jews have. I agree with Rabbi Marx that that we are more in unison than we usually are. And, and yes, there are differing opinions and wondering how it could be possible to, to do things a certain way. Um, and, and we imagine the, the scenario playing itself out the way we would play out our arguments and, and misgivings with other people. Mm -hmm. But this is not that kind of situation. It's not a, a world where everything plays out according to the script of, of our happy peacenik intentions. Well, we'll leave it there for now. That is Rabbi David Young of KAM Isaiah Israel in Hyde Park and Rabbi Rachel Marks at Temple Beth Israel in Skokie. Thank you both so much for making the time for us. Thank you so much for having us. This episode of Reset was produced by Linnea Dominic and Dan Tucker and edited by Brenda Ruiz. If you're subscribed to the Reset podcast, first off, we appreciate you. We'd also appreciate if you'd share an episode with a friend. Personal recommendations are the best way to support the show. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk again this afternoon.